Shapeshifters. Tonight's Shapeshifter is Tracy Henry. Tracy is the chief executive of Chikululu. Now, Chikululu is a social investment fund manager and advisor. And if there was an English translation of what that actually meant, Tracy, that would be helpful. What is a social investment fund manager and advisory business do? Good evening, Bruce. Um, Good to be on your show. We work with um, various social investors, and social investors is anybody that invests with a social intent. And there are different vehicles that that investors use to invest, and it could come in the form of corporate social investment funds. It could come in the form of philanthropic trusts, um, skills development spend, impact investment, empowerment, endowments. So it's any investment that is focused on a social intent. And we work with these investors to ensure that they really maximize the power of those investments to achieve impact. And one of the, I suppose, most critical uh, things you've done in recent living memory has been helping the Solidarity Fund do its work begin the process of collecting money? It's been an enormous and a very privileged position to be in for Chikalulu to work with the Solidarity Fund. We got involved right in the beginning, the end of March, when lockdown happened. We all went into work from home. And it was the most incredible experience to work with, with a broad range of professionals from you know, so many different business sectors and to develop a strategy and to implement plans uh, in response to COVID. Um, And we were particularly involved in the humanitarian efforts, as well as, um, uh, and that included, you know, the food relief um, initiatives, which was a big part, particularly in the beginning of of lockdown. And then the second part of that has been around gender-based violence. Um, and we're continuing with that work at the moment um, to try and address that issue as well. And then we've also played a big part in partnership with the Solidarity Fund in developing an impact framework so that at the end of the day, when you know all the funding has been dispersed, we can actually tell the story of how South Africans came to grip together in the most incredible way and how this funding has impacted society. Um, so we've been there, we're still there, and it's, it's the most amazing journey to be on. Who engages you? I mean, who hires you to do the work? We've got a broad range of social investors in the corporate sector. Um, so, you know, we deal with some of your blue chip companies, your Anglos, your first rands, um, your, your discoveries, your DSVs. Um, we deal also with um, companies that um, in the renewable energy sector, like your Malilos. Um, we deal with companies in the um, property sectors, like your Arrowheads, private foundations, like your Epoch and Optima Trusts. We work with companies that want to strengthen the internal work that they do, like your AECIs and your Liberties and your Sassels. 
um, and your first four women and Telisha, all of whom have come together in the most extraordinary way in the past year, um, not only to focus on the core mandates that they've had in place around social investment, but also to say collectively, how do we actually address the, the most critical issues around COVID-19? Whose bright idea, remind, remind me just whose bright idea the Solidarity Fund is, was, um, because the president announced it and it's all fell into place really, really quite quickly. Gosh, I don't know who I would credit. The, <laughs> I'm sure there are many, many people, business sure. sector that came together um, and collaborated. That's, I think this is the real um, unique story about the Solidarity Fund is around a public-private partnership and business and government coming together. People across so many different sectors, the auditing firms, legal firms, civil society playing an incredibly strong role in this as well, and coming together to try and shape what this will look like. I mean, in the beginning, it was, you know, we had to put the governance together, put the strategies together, decide on, on how funding would be allocated, how procurement would, would take place, um, how distribution would take place across South Africa, whether it was around food parcels or PPEs. Um, and so it's really been an amazing collaborative initiative led by the president um, and the business sector, who's, who's played a phenomenal role at, in, you know, and then private um, individuals as well. Um, who've, who've really come on board. When people talk about it, it sounds like the greatest kumbaya experience. Everybody got on, everyone was friendly, everybody sang from the same hymn sheet. It was all just awesome. Um, and, and maybe it was, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was really, really tough to do. Uh, what is your experience? It was, it was both. It was incredibly inspiring, um, but it was really tough. It was wonderful to work with people in a remote setting that you haven't met before. And I hope one day we all do get together and enjoy a glass of something um, and can and just reflect on, on how we work together. Um, but it was particularly in the early weeks and months um, because everybody had their day jobs. Um, and we were running this and, and everybody was participating. It was long hours. There wasn't an Easter weekend. There wasn't, um, you know, it was eating in between and, and um, it was tough, but we all knew we had to do this. There was a real sense of urgency and a sense of purpose that this was a moment in time that everybody had to pull together to make a difference. Uh, what got you to this stage of your life? What, what, what prepared you for a career in social investment? I was going to say non-profit. I was going to, I was going to yeah. say non-profit, but it's not non-profit. I mean, it's social investment. It's a, it's a different thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it brief. I'll try and keep it as brief as possible. My training is as a social worker. That's, so that's my background. And for the first four years, um, I worked at the Chamber of Mines doing development work, but uh, on personal development, stress management, employee wellness. Um, and I loved that work. Um, but I realized at that point that I wanted to have a more broader systemic impact, 
not just at an individual level, but a broader impact as well. And so utilizing those skills, I then joined Anglo-American um, and the Chairman's Fund, which at that point was headed up by the late Mr. O'Dowd and, and then Tim Sunter, um, and worked in that field. And that's where I really got to understand what social investment is about and learned many deep lessons as a very young, inexperienced professional in the field around um, sound development principles, around you know, strategy, around community engagement, collaboration. And then in July um, 1998, Chikalulu was established. And almost 23 years later, um, we're still going strong. Um, and the sector has evolved over, over time. It's become far more professionalized, probably a lot more complex because of governance that plays such a big part in what we do and reporting and monitoring and evaluation. But there's still sort of fundamental principles that drive sound development and sound investments in, in our sector. Describe to me this idea of social investment. I mean, it, it's investment is investment. Um, social investment is just a more complicated version, I suspect. It's, it's where you really are looking for a social return. So companies, um, whether it is through their CSI funds, whether it's through empowerment endowment funds, whether it's through skills development funds, what you always want to do, the easy part <clears throat> in terms of investing is, is, is making the money available. But in our world, in our sector, you want to ensure that there's a social return on that. You want to ensure that there's impact in everything that you do. So an example would be where through one of our clients, we made, uh, they made an investment of, of 30 million over a sort of a two, three year period um, with the specific goal of saying, um, focusing on, on 1 million children aged you know, zero to, to five who would be able to access quality easy uh, early childhood development services. But through partnerships with Treasury and that, um, through this initiative, we were actually able to unlock 1 billion rand per year in new government funding, which enabled over 620-odd thousand children to access subsidy grants and greater support for unregistered ECD centres. So it's not just about, you know, handing out money or writing out checks or doing a grant. It's about saying what impact will this funding result in by making strategic, solid investments in particular areas or fields. Um, so we're always looking for the, the social return. What is the impact going to be of these funds? Because, I mean, let's face it, fund, there's, there's a lot of funding around in South Africa, but if it's not carefully managed and we're not tracking impact, we're not going to be able to maximise that. Um, and that's what we're really looking for. We need to be able to demonstrate real solid impact in the sectors in which we work, whether it's around education, primary health care, um, around um, community development, youth employment, um, care for people with disabilities, 
every sector needs needs some strategic focus and support. We're going to talk more with Tracy Henry, the chief executive of Chikululu, um, this evening, talking about this idea of social investment, how the important the Solidarity Fund has been in ensuring that PPE money didn't get squandered and that PPE money made it to where it needed to go. So many issues this evening with Tracy Henry, chief executive of Chikululu. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Our shapeshifter this evening is Tracy Henry, Chief Executive of Chikululu. Now, Tracy, describe to me a world, please, that has no social investment in it. What, was, what would that look like? I would describe our vision to you then, Bruce, which is a world where everyone has the opportunity to thrive. That would be the ideal world where we everyone has access to health, um, quality health care, quality education, where we have reduced unemployment and poverty, where we don't deal with this huge level of inequality in society, um, and where we value and nurture a rich and diverse society through our arts and through our culture. Um, that would be a world where social investment is no longer required because no, no, I didn't ask. I, I, I wasn't asking where it won't be required. In a world where it didn't exist in the first place, I'm trying to work out the extent of the gap that you plug because I think that gap is quite extraordinary. So where the gap that we particularly focus on is around ensuring that strategy is aligned to national priorities. That's the first thing. Um, and that we, it's not just a knee-jerk intervention um, or just focusing on pet projects, but that there's that alignment between what is a national initiative and what a company can, how it can leverage its, its financial resources, but also its expertise to address that developmental challenge. The second one would be around the focus, which is critical around governance, which is absolutely essential for any effective social investment strategy or vehicle, um, because the governance is there to ensure the integrity of the funds. It ensures, you know, if you think about King Four and aligning it with ethical leadership around how decisions are made. It aligns with ensuring uh, and minimizing any risk of corruption, um, misappropriation of funds, um, and it also addresses issues around politically exposed individuals and how that um, mm. investments are made. So that is a key focus area that we believe is essential in our business model around social investments because it's easy to write out checks, but to have a clear strategy to ensure it's properly governed um, and to, to ensure that there's impact um, is the critical thing. And we like to almost categorize what our social investment model looks like into four basic things, which is about designing for impact. It's about governing for impact. It's about actually investing, so making funding available for impact. And then it's about 
measuring for impact. And if you close, if, if, it's, if you focus on those four areas, then you've got sound social investment strategies in place. Um, it's astonishing just how necessary the sector is in South Africa, particularly in South Africa. I mean, are we more basket casey than in many other parts of the world where perhaps you would be less proactively involved? I, I actually believe that South Africa is very evolved when it comes to social investment. And there's a very long history in South Africa going back to um, you know, the early 1970s, even before then, of how companies have invested in various initiatives um, through their various corporate structures. And, you know, if you think about even BE legislation and how that impacts giving, um, you know, the, the sector is very evolved and there's a whole profession that has developed around that to ensure that we've got strong people in the sector to deliver on this. And, and it's always um, sort of interesting when we engage with international companies, when we engage in international forums with other social investors to, to get the feedback on just how advanced South Africa is. And I think it's something we should celebrate um, and that we need to leverage particularly if we want to think about how can business play a much stronger role in partnership with government as we think about what happens post-COVID and what do we need to do. So I believe we've got all the right elements. We just need to scale and leverage all of that. Um, and the the funding, of course, I mean, you do lots of work for corporates and that's all well and good and it gets the cash flow going. But you need a baseline of support, I suspect. You need to be able to ensure that you can open the doors on a Monday morning. Absolutely. So we've got two different sort of work streams that we work on. The one is our, what we call our annuity clients. Um, that we have long-term relationships with, and we work with these corporates and their internal staff um, to, to develop strategy, to monitor impact. Um, and so these, these are our long-term clients, like your, I mentioned previously, your Anglos or your Discoveries, your First Rands, um, et cetera. And then we do a lot of advisory work for companies that run their own in-house programs that need additional strategic support to frame monitoring and evaluation best practices or to do community baseline studies. And that's where we work particularly with the likes of the Sassels and the AACIs and, and Liberty. So our business model is on your, on your annuity business side, but also the advisory side. Um, and um, that keeps the lights on and um, everything going really strong. <laughs> it's good to hear, Tracy. Thank you very much for telling us all about it this evening. Tracy Henry, the chief executive of Chikululu, uh, it is one of South Africa's leading social investment fund managers and advisors. And she has given us a really lovely insight into the world of social investment, how it operates, why it operates, and why it is so necessary that it not only succeed, but thrive.